Welcome to Lunch Break, a special weekly series of The Eternal Entrepreneur that gives you bite-sized pieces of wisdom on how to build a functional faith and business. Each episode unpacks a short, actionable topic you can put into practice this week. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for Lunch Break. I am Pierce Brantley, co-host of The Eternal Entrepreneur. And today I am sad but also joyful for you to be wrapping up our series on calling. Calling is the existential work that God has called you to with your time here on earth. Understanding and living from the position of calling in our lives is so critical. Because if we understand it, if we can abide in it, it changes everything about our approach to the workday. And that's what I want to talk about today because there are so many misconceptions in uh, the church about the role of work in our lives. And I want to kind of break some of those down. And also kind of uh, reposition work in the light of the Christian and the light of the uh, kingdom entrepreneur. So, the other day, I was uh, having uh, breakfast with a few few friends, a few brothers. And I heard someone say, uh, kind of an offbeat comment, and they said, you know, work is just a product of the fall. And they meant it. They kind of went on to say that, you know, no one was meant to be working when they were in the garden. And ever since then, we've kind of just been in this place where because we're this, the world has fallen, we have to go to work. And it, it sounded comical. And if I had just kind of, you know, heard it for the first time, you know, I probably would have laughed it off. But I've heard this this argument multiple times, typically from people who aren't doing a whole lot with their lives. But uh, it's not its not an unknown argument in the church that work is somehow connected to the fall of Adam and Eve in, in Genesis. And I want to kind of confront that mindset, even if it's not articulated that directly, because it can kind of manifest itself in a lot of different ways. If you'd go back to the garden if you go back to even before the garden, to God himself, you see that God is constantly working. Now, he's doing it from a place of rest, meaning he is not anxious, he is not striving, he is not stressed, but he is working. He is doing things. And I think part of the problem with work is the negative connotation associated with the word itself. But, you know, when God told Adam and Eve to go and take dominion over the earth, that had nothing to do with their sin nature. When God told Adam to name the animals, which, by the way, is administrative, it's project management, it's a little bit creative. But just think about how many animals we have on the planet now. Think about how many animals there were then, you know, before extinction and and everything else. That was a lot of work. I'm telling you right now, he's putting in more than eight-hour days. The idea that work is somehow an outcome of sin is totally false. Uh, Moreover, when we think about calling, a misconception about calling 
is that those who are called somehow kind of get, get given a package from God, a gift from God, wherein they open it and go, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I never feel like I work a day again. But that's not reality. In reality, we've kind of used this analogy before. It's on the cover of Calling, Awakening to the Purpose of Your Work. This calling work are like two gears. When you abide in Christ and you work, that one gear turns the other and the two play off of each other. But there's not a person alive in the Bible or present today that had calling that didn't also have to work. The two are connected. You cannot separate them. A calling is manifested when the Christian abides with Christ and lets the mind of Christ impact what they do during the day. When that happens, there's a transformation in the life of the believer so that everything they touch has the aroma of heaven on it. The problem is with our definition of work itself. If you believe that work separates you from what you are supposed to do, or that God somehow devalues what you do during the day, maybe because there's money attached to it or because you don't like what you do, and that God may have something else for you to do, you're going to live from a position of guilt your entire life. And then what you're going to do is kind of discount what you do during the day. And this is a trick from the enemy. And what happens is we never give over our work to the Lord, and then he never uses it in any way that can bring the love of God to those who are around us. And so, what we do during the day becomes siloed from the possibilities that God could have, you know, uh, waiting for us. And I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm speaking this to myself, there are so many unrealized opportunities in the life of the believer, hour by hour, minute by minute. If we could just dream of the leanings of the Holy Spirit into the small moments of the day, there is no telling what he would do with our lives. The problem is we think that our work is somehow disqualified from what he wants to do. And so then we never let him work through it, breathe through it, and let that transformation of the mind of Christ affect what we do. And so in that, one kind of principle that I, I teach often, and I think it's super critical, it's this phrase that work is not a job. Work is an attitude towards a job. So if you kind of go, ah, I got to go to work, and you speak that over what you are going to do during the day. What have you just done? You've made an agreement to spend the whole day working from your flesh, from your dead man. And the lusts of the flesh, the attitudes of the dead man are going to be the construct by which you do everything. You're going to be stressed in meetings. You're going to be angry at different points. You're going to hate working late. All that fun stuff. However, if we see that work is actually the way in which God manifests himself through our lives and the outcomes of calling, then we see that work, the mindset of work, not talking about work ethic, 
The mindset of work actually is partnership with God himself. It's intimacy. It's genuine intimacy with Almighty God. So within that, I want to talk about the idea of transformation. Because we've talked about all these different principles of calling over the last few weeks. But the idea of transformation in the life of the believer is that we do not wait for God to give us a calling. And when I say give us a calling, I mean we don't wait for God to give us a title, a job description, and a mountain in which to get you know a download from on high. That's how the church typically thinks about calling. But in Christ, we've talked about this, you are called from the moment that you put your faith in Christ himself. All Christians are called. The key then is to believe and surrender what we do right now in whatever work we have to God for the transformation of his spirit in our lives. When we do that, God can use anything. I think we talked about the life of Stephen. I think Stephen is a fantastic example. The, you know, apostles are like, you know what? It is not good for us to wait on tables. It's hilarious to me that this is what they say. I've read many different translations. It's basically like we have better things to do than to wait on tables. And by the way, they're talking about the food bank for the Gentiles at this point. So it's a little like, all right. I mean, yeah, technically true, but maybe you could find a different way to say it. I don't know. So they get Stephen and the Bible goes, Stephen is a man full of the spirit, full of the gifts of the spirit, working in signs and wonders. And, you know, the Bible reiterates this like three times that Stephen is like some combo of everything that, you know, the Holy Spirit could put together in a person, and he's doing powerful works among the people. And this is the quote-unquote credentials, the job description, the uh, acumen, apparently, that the Bible sees as reasonable and necessary to manage the food bank in the early church. But I love this example because if you were to kind of invert that and invert Stephen's perspective about the work and just say, hey, Stephen, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, God could possibly do with you. But what we'd like you to do is kind of work at the local food bank. Would you just volunteer for us full time? And by the way, uh, word's probably already gotten out. We want you to volunteer because we really don't think it's worth our time. Stephen had he not been full of the Spirit, working in signs and wonders and displaying the manifestations of the Holy Spirit everywhere he goes and working wonders among the people, could have said, ah, you know, someday, God, when I get past this, you know, full-time volunteering, you know, at the, at the food bank, someday I know you're going to call me to something great. And then and the good stuff is going to happen. That's not the way he saw it. And that's not the other way other great people in the Bible have seen it. You think about Joseph, who transformed to prison and had favor on his life. The situations and the roles in our life have nothing to do with the call of God in our life, is my point. And when we can surrender the need for God to give us a title, 
and give us a role and give us some kind of download from on high. When we can surrender that and just say, God, here is my life and here is what I'm doing. Well, from that position of surrender, that is when a real calling begins to manifest itself. In my perspective on this, there are so many examples in the Bible and the phraseology is, you know, very similar where basically prophets tell men of God, go do whatever is in your heart to do or go do whatever your hands feel like doing and the Lord is with you. And sometimes God course corrects that many times he doesn't. What I take away from that is Generally speaking, God gives us agency to go in the direction that we want to in life in terms of what do you want to do. The mistake is to wait our entire lives expecting God to give us something. Stewardship is assuming that I already have 10 talents in my pocket, that I have a lot to steward already, not that I need to be given something to steward. I'm a king born into a royal priesthood. I'm a queen born into a royal priestesshood. I've been given a lot. The show starts from the moment I put my faith in the Almighty. Now, God will use us in different capacities and will work with us in different capacities as we give ourselves to him. We don't need to earn that, but there's an element of stewardship wherein just like a, a marriage relationship that has been building for 20 years, it's going to look different from a marriage relationship that has been, you know, around for one year or five years. Those who walk with the Lord closely over time have more stories and therefore it looks like they have a calling that is somehow big, but the size of it is not important. The intimacy is what is important, and the history is what is important. And to that end, some marriage relationships that are really short have a lot of intimacy, and some that are really long don't have a lot of intimacy. It says nothing of the, of the reality of the marriage, but intimacy is something that can be cultivated. This is especially true as it relates to partnership. The key is to not wait for him to initiate. Jesus initiated. The initiation has happened and we stepped into that initiation. It's not that God stops pursuing us from the time that we become Christians. That's absolutely not true. He does. He continues to. Uh, he is faithful even when we are not. But the truth is that as we open up our lives, especially during the workday, to allow him into it, the manifestations of God in our lives increase and increase and mount and mount and mount. And then that fleshly kind of spirit that says, uh, I have to go to work or this is just my job or this is just my business or the ministry is over there, that gets quenched. It dies out. And instead, we see work for what it really is. It's the exact same thing as when the Holy Spirit was resting over the unformed earth. As the Bible say that the Spirit was hovering over the surface of the deep and the earth was formless and void. And then what happened? There was creation. 
And there was the manifestation of God's goodness in so many different ways that can't even be counted. My friend, the spirit is still hovering over unformed, quiet, unresolved situations, people, and places. And he wants you, he's inviting you to see him form something from the void. The void of people in the workplace, the void of businesses that don't see the light of Christ, the void of innovation that lacks character. The Spirit is hovering all over all sorts of things and is inviting you to create with Him. And that is what godly work looks like. And that is when work and calling work together from a position of rest and joy and intimacy. So, it's a lunch break. Action. I don't have a lot of action. What I would encourage you to do is ponder these things and ask the Holy Spirit how you can invite Him into your workday and look for opportunities. And normally this is with meetings with people or things you don't like to do where your heart kind of goes, I don't want to do that. There's always something in our work that we do from a fleshly perspective. I'm not saying we have to work that way. I'm saying we all have something that we just typically don't want to do. Those are the areas that you could see the most transformation if you just invited the Holy Spirit to transform them. And so, that would be my encouragement is to let him kind of go to those places that you just don't enjoy because those are going to be the areas where you see a ton of really cool testimony and just how good he is and just how much he can turn something formless into a beautiful creation. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for going on this journey with me on the topic of calling. We really only just scratched the surface of it. If you want to continue uh, the journey yourself, you can get calling, awaken to the purpose of your work. The link is in the show notes or you can get on Amazon. If you've been going through this and you want to go through the other five, six chapters, uh, there's a free workbook for groups at piercebrantley.co. But in the meantime, enjoy your Labor Day weekend and in all your work, continue to think eternally. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.